On this episode, LeBron James is closer than ever to surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record. And when LeBron does cross that mark, will he be considered the greatest player of all time? Plus, given how basketball and hockey is in full swing and the NHL All-Star Weekend is in this weekend, I'm going to give my early takes on who will be in the Stanley Cup Finals and the NBA Finals. You'll find that on this episode of the Get Stoked Podcast. Here we go. It is Friday, February 3rd, 2023. Welcome back to the Get Stoked Podcast. Let's get right into things where as LeBron James, the king, the the boy from Akron, or the kid from Akron, excuse me, he is set to surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record here in the next few games. And there's a lot of speculation on when he's going to do this and specifically who he will be playing against. And right now he is 63 points away from breaking that record, that mark. And there's a projected three games. And the biggest consensus is either A, playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, or B, which I think is the more likely option when the Bucks are in town. And I apologize for that long pause. I was kind of thinking about my next words. But the second option is when the Milwaukee Bucks are in town, February 9th. And most likely, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar will be in attendance for that game. Now, I think this is more likely because Kareem played for the Bucks and the Lakers, won a championship with the Bucks, and he will most likely be in attendance. And I know for a fact that Kareem is not the biggest fan of LeBron, but he respects him as a player. And my big question for this that I kind of alluded to was, is LeBron going to be considered the greatest of all time? when he surpasses Kareem. And a lot of people would say, oh, absolutely. He has the most points all the time. He has a lot of records. He, he has four championships, all this and that. He is a genuine all-around player. And yeah, he's been in the league for a long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And a lot of people would say no. One reason, one reason only. Michael Jordan... 6-0 in the playoffs. Or I should rather say 6-0 in the finals. 6-0 in the finals. And that's going to be the biggest argument for Michael Jordan fans. My take? Yes and no. Let me explain why. Yes, 
because he has all these records, but no, due to the fact that he is nowhere near the amount of championships of players such as Bill Russell and Michael Jordan and even, I believe, Larry Bird at the top of my head. I could be wrong about Bird. But the fact that you are playing at the same level as some of these players are and to be in the same conversation with them is phenomenal. It is truly a feat in itself to be in the same conversation as Kareem, Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant. To be in the same conversation is legendary as it is. Now, will LeBron win a fifth title? It's possible. Will he win it this year? Not likely whatsoever. The Lakers would need a lot of help, and they would need to trade several people to get that accomplishment for not just LeBron, but for the Lakers to extend their lead by one championship over the Boston Celtics since they're both tied at 17. And I'm going to say no for my initial question. No, because Michael Jordan and LeBron James, they play in different eras of basketball. When Michael played in the 80s, 90s, a little bit more physical, a little more violent is a different mentality to the game. Nowadays, same thing. It's a little less physical. It's more tuned in for the player's well-being, for making sure that nothing goes wrong that could go wrong. And a lot of the players are more conscious conscious, excuse me, about their physical health and now so their mental health. Uh, more players are sitting out, they're they're sitting more games kind of maintaining their physical health and not wearing themselves out because a lot of these players may play all the games, but it's really hard to play every single basketball game in today's NBA because you have so many games. And with that, they are somewhat comparable, but if you were to play one-on-one, prime Jordan, prime LeBron, who would win? That's kind of the big question that we will never get to see. A lot of people would argue LeBron, he's a more physical player he when he drives to the rim it's hard to stop him the same thing goes for Michael Jordan it was hard to stop him it was start uh, it was hard to stop Allen Iverson it was hard to stop Larry Bird Magic Johnson it was hard to stop all of those guys so I'm really kind of sidetracking here but my initial answer is no LeBron James won't be the greatest of all time he will be definite top two that's for sure But if you do it based on championships, solely on championships, he won't be top five. He'd be top ten. Because Bill Russell, he has, what, 11 championships? Which is ridiculous. And then Steve Kerr, you have to have him in the conversation as well. Not Not just because of the championships he won in San Antonio and in Chicago, but the four that he's won with the Golden State Warriors, or the three that he's won with the Golden State Warriors. No, it was four, excuse me, as a head coach of the Golden State Warriors, and this most recent one 
being last year. So if you do it based off of championships alone, he's not the greatest of all time. If you do it off of numbers and stats, he is, I would say, the the greatest of all time because he has most uh, – he would have the most points all time. He would have, I believe, most assists all time, most rebounds. I don't think he'd have most rebounds. He wouldn't have most threes. That belongs to Steph Curry. And I don't think he's ever going to hit that unless Steph Curry just stops playing right now for the and he's done for the career. I don't think that's the case. So I will say, based, based solely off of statistics, a lot of people will make the argument that LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. But I think it's more complicated than that. I think it's not as simple as saying yes and no. It's more complex. And the fact of it is that you're comparing players from different eras. Things were different then. Things are different now. It's not it's not just a black and white answer. It's a lot of gray in between. And the fact that a lot of people love doing this drives me mad because they either back it up or they don't. And I got to say it's it just grinds my gears that some people will just have the audacity of just saying one thing and not backing it up. So for context, LeBron James is going to be scoring more points than Kareem in less games. Kareem played 1,560 games, 57,446 minutes, 38,387 points. And LeBron, 1,400 games, 53,667 minutes, 38,325 points. So he's playing, to, he is gaining more points. And he may as well hit 40,000, a feat that nobody's ever done. And if he hits 40,000 points, I will change my mind about Michael Jordan being the greatest of all time. And the fact that the only argument that I've really only used, and I hate to say this, but the only argument I've used is the 6-0 and in the finals. Yeah, he's lost in the playoffs. No question about that. But when it comes to the finals, Michael Jordan is 6-0. and Whereas LeBron, of course, is not. But then again, LeBron James is a phenomenal player. Phenomenal. And with that, my initial answer is no. And looking back at these past 11 minutes, I didn't really explain why. Well, I maybe did to an extent that it's much more complicated than just a yes or no answer. It's you have to take so many variables into account that determining the greatest of all time is more complex than that. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, he's a great, phenomenal player. One of the best to do it. But to simply say one is the greatest of all time, that's a much more complex answer. And I will give my definitive answer after he crosses that threshold of 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's untouchable benchmark of 38,387 points. Before I go on to my next topic, here are the stats that LeBron James is number one at. And there are a lot of stats here. So games played belongs to Robert Parrish. He could definitely potentially break that. He is second all-time in points, fourth all-time in assists, ninth all-time in steals. He's not top 10 for offensive rebounds, number 10 for defensive rebounds. And there's not a whole lot that he's going in for number one other than most points all time. He's number two in field goals made behind Kareem, number two behind Kareem in field goals attempted. There is a lot of statistics, and if you look them up, there are truly a lot. The number one thing that I've noticed that he is number one in are turnovers, and that is 4,920. Number one in turnovers, number four in three throws made, number five in free throws attempted. And I will say in three points attempted, he's LeBron James is number five. Steph Curry's number one. Three pointers made, Steph Curry. And this one was surprising to me, but three point percentage, number one all time is Steve Kerr with 45.4%. So the only thing that I have to go on with LeBron James being the greatest of all time is statistics. And I'm going to retract what I said earlier about him being number one in statistics. I apologize for that. And being the greatest of all time, I would say no. I'm going to back that up by what I just said. He would. He's number two in a, in a few categories right now behind Kareem. He will be number one of all time in points scored, but he is definitely top 10. And the fact that he has four championships says a lot. Not a whole lot of people have four championships. It may be a little bit more apparent today, but not a lot of people have four championships or more. And then you also have to account Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Elvin Hayes, Moses Malone, Tim Duncan being in that conversation as well. And these are just some of the players that I've talked about. So my initial answer is no, because he is number two in several categories, top 10 in many more. But if he were to be the greatest of time, he would need to be number one in more than just one category. And... Don't get me wrong, he is probably destined to do that. But my debate for number one all time, I'll present that at a much later time after LeBron crosses the almost unbreakable threshold. This weekend marks the halfway point of the NHL season. This is the All-Star weekend down in Florida for the NHL. And I'm going to give you my takes on who could win 
the Stanley Cup. And granted, there's a few teams that I have in mind based solely on record and performance this season. And before I dive into that, just know that one of them is not the Red Wings. I don't see them making the playoffs this year. They are around a 500 team. Can they be better? Absolutely. But they have a lot to work out and figure out before they take on the playoffs this season. So I will say I'm going to boil it down to four teams. And, of course, it's going to be two from the east and two from the west. And my first team is almost a no-brainer. They've been the best team all season. (coughs) Excuse me. They are 39-7. Five overtime losses, 83 points already out of 51 games played. And that is the Boston Bruins. They have been stellar all season. And the fact they have single-digit losses, is that's surprising to me. No one should have single-digit losses, but the Boston Bruins have done it so far. And the big question is, can they continue to do that? Because if they do, I'd say in three, four weeks, they will definitely lock the one seed in the East. My second team right now in the Eastern Conference would also have to be the Carolina Hurricanes. And they also have single-digit losses. They're 34-9. and And they're bound to cross that double-digit threshold much much sooner than the Boston Bruins. And I would say, after their run in the playoffs last year, they are bound to make it again. And they are bound to make it farther than they did than the quarterfinals. Now, their biggest test will be New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Buffalo Sabres. I'm genuinely surprised that they're up this high. But I'd say New Jersey and New York are their biggest competitors, as well as Tampa Bay for Boston. Tampa Bay has always been good for the past few years. So Tampa Bay is an honorable mention for me because you never know what they can do in the postseason. But number one and number two, respectively, Boston and Carolina. Then going over to the Western Conference, well, this one is a little bit surprising to me. But in the Pacific Division, Seattle, my goodness, I am surprised by your performance. 29-15, 49 games played, 63 points. Unfortunately, you are not going to be in my top two. You will be my honorable mention. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm going through something in my throat right now. Excuse me. But this one for me has to go to the Dallas Stars. 28-13, 10 overtime losses, 66 points, number one in the Central Division. Now, Dallas has been a team that has surprised me. I really thought they'd be in the bottom half of the Western Conference. I was wrong. I was so wrong. And <clears throat> they are on pace to potentially, I'd say between two, between now and two-thirds left of the second half of the season I say they clinch the number one spot but Winnipeg is right behind them at 32-19 one overtime loss 65 points 52 games played so those two teams I would say tied at number one 
And my number two team would have to be the LA Kings. The LA Kings have been, they've been pressuring that bubble for some time to get into the playoffs. And the Kings are a good roster. I, of course, don't know specifics on who's on the team. Like I said in earlier episodes, hockey is not my strongest suit. So I will say this. The LA Kings definitely have the best chance to hit the number two seed in the Western Conference, let alone potentially the number one seed. And I will be surprised if Seattle makes it as a one or two seed into the Stanley Cup playoffs because last year they were the worst team. Now they are one of the best teams. Right now they have had such a turnaround that it is mind-boggling, head-scratching even, that they are in this position going into the All-Star break. So with those four teams, with a couple honorable mentions, Boston, Carolina, Dallas, and Winnipeg, those four teams I'd say are the most likely to be the top teams going into the postseason. And with the All-Star break going this weekend, the NBA is going to be right behind. And with the NBA, they also have their finals playoffs. And for me, the top two teams in the East, I think it's pretty clear with at least an honorable mention. Boston, Milwaukee, in that order. Philadelphia is right behind. Boston, yes, they took the loss tonight against Phoenix, but they have one of the best young duos in the league. Jason Tatum and his counterpart, his name escapes me for some reason. It's not Marcus Brown, but it is phenomenal to watch these two play. It is phenomenal to watch them lead the Celtics in the position that they are now. And I don't know why I said Marcus Brown, but it's Jalen Brown. I don't know why that didn't come to me sooner. But Celtics, they have every reason to be number one. They lost in the finals to the Warriors. They are hungry to get back. And if Kyrie leaves, which earlier today he requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets, which I have no idea why he would do that now when the trade deadline is Thursday. I think he really just wants his money. And to me, that sounds that seems a little selfish that they are right now fourth in the East. You're doing fairly well. You're 31 and 20, six games behind Boston. And is it because he wants to go to LA and win a championship with LeBron, watch him win and cross the all-time scoring by Kareem? Who knows? Who knows what his motivations are? But right now, I'd say this is a bad look for Kyrie. So my two teams in the East, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, being the honorable mention. Then going over to the West, I'm going to have to go with Denver for number one. They just look the most complete right now. They have almost everyone returning. And I got to say, Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, all those guys are phenomenal players. And number two, I will I would say Memphis, but I just think they're too inconsistent right now. 
yes, they're 32 and 20, but how much can you rely on John Morant to lead a young team like Memphis every single game? I just think that they have been inconsistent for some time. They create too many mistakes, and those mistakes are going to get to their head eventually. So my team that I actually have is Dallas. And yes, they're number four right now. I'm going to put Memphis at the honorable mention because Luka Doncic is in a much better position to lead the Mavericks over the Sacramento Kings and the Memphis Grizzlies to get to the number two spot. You have Spencer Dinwiddie. You have Tim Hardaway Jr. You have so many good, talented players that Dallas is in one of the best positions of getting to the number two spot. So with that list, Denver, Dallas, Memphis in the West, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia in the East. Before I go, this next week, or I should say in about 10 days, Friday the 13th, or not Friday the 13th, Monday the 13th, I will be having a very special guest. And this person is going to be the biggest person I have on this podcast to date. I'm not going to reveal who it is just yet, but I am extremely excited to have this person on. I'm extremely excited to speak with this person and to talk about their legacy at a specific school, one that I think is pretty close to my heart. And if you know what school that is, I'm not going to give it away just yet. But then again, I am extremely excited to have this person on in the next few days. And I will reveal who that is in the next few days. That does it for me on this Friday edition of the Get Stuff Podcast. Come back Tuesday for more content and whether or not to see if LeBron has or has not crossed that nearly unbreakable record Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has set decades ago. So until then, have a good weekend. We will see you next time.